6.30 Chad Afternoons with Jalen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad. Right now, I want to start the show with Edmonton's chief of police. The police service, of course, facing a number of challenges over the past number of months. Uh, last year, uh, a, a tough one for the service. Most recently, it saw cuts to its budget, which is trying to deal with COVID-19, Omicron, um, you know, uh, causing some issues in the service as well. Let's get into it with Chief Dale McPhee. Chief, welcome back to the show. Thanks, Jalen. Uh, pleasure to be on the show with you. Let's start and with Omicron. Yeah, thank you, and you as well. Let's start with Omicron. Uh, last report on numbers was about a week ago uh, from uh, the Edmonton Police Service. We were told, I think, of almost about 200 personnel in isolation. What's the latest, and how are you dealing? How is the service dealing with the staffing implications? Yeah, no, it's a, it's a good question, and it, and it rotates. And, you know, before I go there, I think uh, certainly want to pass on my thanks to all first responders and those that have had to work through, you know, a pandemic for over two years. I think we probably replicate many of the other services, the nurses, the EMS, the fire, and the front lines. We, uh, as you mentioned last week, we're up to 101 cases, 207 people off. This week, uh, or as of today, we're, we're down to 65 cases and 125 off. It's, it's an interesting topic because I was on a call last week with uh, the major city chiefs, so that's nine of the Canadian largest cities and all the American uh, U.S. chiefs and, uh, you know, New York uh, police force was up to 21% of their service was off, but it looks like it grew for two and a half weeks and then it looks like it came down reasonably quickly. Uh, so hopefully we're starting to see it come down. Luckily and thankfully, we've had nobody really seriously ill uh, requiring hospitalization, but, uh, you know, it's a real credit to our people and certainly we've had to move units around, fill holes, uh, just like anybody would do to, obviously, it's not an option not to go to calls and just uh, uh, what our, the resilience that our folks have shown has just been remarkable and so uh, we're managing. Uh, Chief, we know that the province amended the isolation requirements from uh, 10 to 5 days for fully vaccinated Albertans if symptoms had cleared up. Is that something that uh, you're considering? Is that something that uh, you're even at a point of having to consider at this point? You know, it's one of those things where we're doing what we can, obviously using masks and, you know, a lot of the same protocol. But uh, with that said is, you know, this is almost becoming a way of life here. And, uh, you know, we, we gotta, we've got to adjust and we've got to, you know, become resilient and I think we're doing that uh, as I said uh, you take those necessary protocols not only to protect your members but to protect the public but uh, again it's, it, it, the calls for service don't drop in times like this when the stress is high they go up so uh, you know we're doing what we can we're managing uh, we're pretty careful on that front and uh, uh, to this point uh, due to the large work of our pandemic team which we've got a superintendent who runs that for us as well as you know our, our health nurses they've done a great job of providing us direction at the assistance of the province to help us navigate some turbulent waters. Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee joining me this afternoon. You talk about when, when stress uh, is high, calls go up. Um, what kind of change have you seen in the calls that um, your members have been facing, have been dealing with over the course of the pandemic? We're, we're heading into, what, year three of this. We finished two. We're into the next one. What are you seeing? You know, it's, it's interesting because on, on crime stats, we've had some really good success over the last three years. For instance, our total to crime decrease. And so this is apples to apples comparison. So us to other police agencies, and it's all stats can. We've dropped 17%. Alberta dropped 7%. Canada 4%. Uh, 
uh, crime severity decreased 11%, Alberta 6%, and, and 4%. So for the first time ever, uh, as of the end of 2020, and we think our trends in 2021 are going to continue, we have, uh, we, we're below the national violence level, and we've generally been second or third highest in the country for cities like size. So we're seeing success, but where we're seeing pockets are those areas of domestic violence, you know, uh, certainly the meth stuff in relation to the unpredictable violence. Uh, I mean, you've heard lots about transit right now and some of the things that are happening down there and our downtown in general. Uh, those are things that uh, obviously, uh, well, I guess that gets into a budget discussion, but those are things that we're trying to find new ways to deal with because there's hot spots of the city that absolutely need some significant attention and, and they need attention now. You, you've touched on a couple of things that I want to get to before we run out of time. I want to talk about uh, transit, the concerns that have been raised over the last little bit. I want to talk about budget as well. Quickly on, on transit, we know that the peace officers union sounding the alarm over staffing and crime. Uh, unions blaming the scaling back of LRT patrols by Edmonton Police. The Police Association saying that's not the case. What is going on on transit and what's going to be done to fix it? Well, it's an interesting uh, question, actually. We took, uh, or the commission asked us, stitches shortly after I got us two and a half years ago, a different alternative solution to transit and, and to the way we police in this particular environment. And, and that, you know, that was two city managers that couldn't, didn't go anywhere. The, the, the claims by the association president of, uh, of transit, those just have absolutely no merit. They're not valid. Uh, I'm not sure who's getting that or who's, who's, who's asking him to put those numbers out. That's an interesting question. But we've attended 1,432 calls in the last six months into transit, uh, you know, 313 in December alone. The violence level in transit is is um, three times higher than is in the rest of the city, and, and and the people demand something different. The ultimate answer there is you know is, is a multi-dimensional response, and and we need to find a new way, and that's something the city manager and I have spoken about. I hope that's going to obviously require council to look at this differently than they have to this point. Uh, but to think that this is a housing or a homeless issue, this is violence. This this is this is violence. These are weapons. These are things people are scared. This is open drug use. Uh, you know, it's a two-pronged approach, as I've said many, many times. We have to look at it uh, both ways. Uh, and uh, I've said this from day one, is we can't just put this all in one basket. This needs attention. It needs it now. And it's the same in our downtown. And uh, those are things we need to look at. Ian Chief, um, a lot of uh, concerns have been raised about some changes to the bylaws when it comes to dealing with uh, some of the crime, the loitering uh, bylaws on transit. Even uh, the, the mayor has said that uh, he thinks that they might have to revisit some of the bylaws to ensure transit security officers are able to remove people from LRT stations. How is that relationship going with City Council, City Hall on on, on that front? Well, I know they're, they're looking at it, or, or I think it's something that's uh, being looked at now. And through some of the discussions as city manager, but, uh, you know, lo- loitering is lawful placement, and lawful placement, whether it's for the police or for its transit, you have to have a reason to be there, and you have to have a reason to move somebody along. And, and let's, that's the moving along part, but let's also not uh, forget it's dangerous in a lot of cases. It's, it's, these, are, these are things that people, as you saw on the news, and certainly I see it as well, are scared, and that, that can't happen. This is a multiple billion dollar investment, and, uh, you know, I think we, we all have to get in the same room and figure out the solution. And, and this, this is not a money issue. This is about what are the right authorities that we need there? How do you fund and how do you finance that? And how do you put the right resources in it? And it needs to happen quickly. And certainly, 
you know, those are discussions that we're willing to have. Uh, but at this point, uh, you know, uh, the last time we went through it, it didn't go anywhere. So, again, we're, we're certainly open to those discussions. Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee joining me this afternoon. Uh, Chief McPhee, I'm going to ask you to hold on for just a couple of minutes. I need to check chopper traffic, but I want to talk about money and I want to talk about uh, the budget. We know in December, Council voted to reallocate uh, almost $11 million to social agencies. Want to get your thoughts on that. Hold the line. More with Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee right after this. Sure, pleased that Edmonton Police Chief Dale McPhee able to uh, make some time for us this afternoon. Uh, lots to talk about uh, what's going on in the city, in the service, and we, we've touched on a few of them. Uh, Omicron, we've talked about uh, what's happening with with transit. But one of the things that, uh, of course, has been front and center for quite a while now is about, uh, you know, funding to police services. And, uh, you know, we've heard a lot about defunding police. We've heard about, you know, changing those models. In December, as I mentioned before, the break. Uh, City Council voted to reallocate uh, $10.9 million to social agencies that will help with things like mental health calls uh, instead of adding that to uh, the police budget. So, Chief, you know, we, you're, you're, when, you, when you heard that news, you've been dealing with it. What kind of impact is that going to have on the service that the, the service provides, that officers provide? Well, you know, we're certainly working our, our way through that to try to make the best decisions based on public safety. But, you know, I think we got to just get a bit of the record straight. And this isn't a, a, a battle on Twitter, and certainly Twitter isn't where the facts are. The reality is we had a four-year budget plan allocated before I got here. I came in with a change mandate to actually get uh, deliver policing differently, to, to deliver better crime results in this city, and so we went about that. And it was a four-year budget. In the first year, we focused on the value and impact, measuring everything, changing the way we measure, get data and performance measurement. We hired talent economists, mathematicians, uh, people that actually could help us do more on the evidence-based side and ensure that data uh, drives decisions. And then we launched our internal review. Year two, we restructured our police service, first one in, in North America. Uh, we reduced intake in the justice system, targeted enforcement. In year three, we focused on the right partners. That's where the social agencies, how do we take stuff out of the justice system? We focused on impactful enforcement, liquor store robberies, breaches, Cadillac converters, and the list goes on. You've heard me say from day one, we're putting balance in. We looked at minimum standards in the shelter. We looked at money in the system. Out of those three years, we've had the most success that Edmonton Police Service has ever had, at least in the last 10 years, and we think probably forever. But unfortunately, stats aren't mattering here right now. So I'm not sure where the disconnect is in relation to this, but when we actually talk about year four, and let's be very clear, it was an approved budget, and it's not 11 million, it's 22 million over total. So what do we have to change that we were going to deliver in services in 2022? We're gonna put 38 bodies back into patrol. That's to increase the visibility in all areas of our city because it's disproportionately get scattered. Some of it's related to transit, some of it's related to other. We're going after the next tranche of enforcement that we actually need to help drop our crime rate, reduce the perception and go after it. So what does that focus on? More bodies in patrol, a redeployment and a different model for policing and community safety downtown with partners, including EMS and fire and others, uh, including social agency partners, which we have in the union building, which is another thing that we put up. Focus on hotspots.
balance. We need a better solution for the Chinese business community. We need a better solution for 118th Arts on the Ave because these cities are disproportionately getting hit. Their residents are living in fear. And the reality is, is we need to allocate. So that's what we can't do now. So what we have to do is put 38 bodies back into patrol, and we got to find new ways to do that. And, of course, on that list was transit. On that list was hiring, you know, possibly putting uh, cameras in our police cars. We might have to delay that. So all of those decisions, even though it's growth, and even some are saying they gave us a million dollars for truth and reconciliation, which we are the first out of the gate to support, is the, you know, uh, that that's not the point. It's what we can't do. So what we have to do now is we have to rethink how we can deliver this. To think that police shouldn't be in the safety space, I'm not sure how I can change that conversation, but look at the U.S. I was on that call, as I said last week. Everyone that did this defund the police program or take money away from police and go elsewhere, it's failed at every city. Not one, not five, all of them. And unfortunately, they lost ground in some of the areas that they had, and they've lost recruiting. So we're protecting jobs at all costs. We can't lose people because that will put us further back. So we're going to have to make some targeted or some hard decisions on what things that we can basically um, maybe get out of in relation to some of the services that we provide. What can we merge amalgamate internally? But we're, everybody's expecting us to jump and overreact, and I think that's what the Twitter warriors are looking for. We're going to try to make that with the best interest of our public, with our public. We need to get out and talk to our public, but we can't continue to do everything the same because everything that we plan on our growth plan, which has had three years and actually this year looks like it's going to trend positively as well, although we just have initial results. We've been hitting out of the park. We measure everything. For some to say that we don't measure anything, I think we might they might want to come and have a look. Um, but that said, is what we're not going to do is panic. What we're not going to do is uh, do things that are disproportionately going to hurt us. I work for the police commission, and I work for the public. And my job is to try to protect both of those entities and making the best interests and investments that we have as assets to get safety. When we came here, it was known as Deadmonton. It was known as our violent crime rate. It was known as social issues. We've been working in both of these spaces diligently. Our people have embraced it. They've changed the way they police. And unfortunately, everything that gets mentioned is our discipline calls. We take 301,149 calls a year. Out of that, we're dispatched 185,000 calls last year. Out of that, we've had a total of 1,309 police complaints, 07 percent and out of that it even goes a lot less when we actually talk about the use of force being involved so uh, we're, we, the conversation is getting lost on twitter here and we got to work hard to get our public aware of what's going on and how we make good decisions for them and do what it is that they need to make our city safer and that's my commitment to the, to the citizens Chief, you just brought up a whole lot, a whole number of other issues that I wish I had time to get into it uh, with you, but we'll have to leave it there for today. Uh, Let's do it again uh, down the road, and uh, we'll have another conversation. Sure, appreciate you making the time this afternoon. Thanks, Jalen. It's always a pleasure talking to you.